It's about 6.45 a.m., and the sun is beginning to rise. As it fills my room with warmth and light, I begin to think about part two of my show, Change, The Death of George Floyd. As I think about part two, I reflect upon the panelists and the many questions and conversations we had on and off the air about how they felt and why they felt the way they did. I thought, rather than continue with the same line of questions and format as we did in part one, which focused on the death of George Floyd, how about we focus on them, the panelists? Who are they? And what was the driving force behind how they felt? From Let's Talk Freely, this is Change, The Death of George Floyd, part two, The Panelist, and I am your host, Phoenix. The first thing I want to see is equality for all. No one marginalized ever again. This is Jason. Jason comes from a small town in Georgia. He's basically self-made. He is an actor, writer, director, and history buff. As you can tell by his conversation, he's passionate about civil rights and equality. You know, um, you start, you know, it's, there's these systems that have been built up over time, you know, that just compound the inequalities you know, not just among minority, but like working class versus middle class and so forth, um, have all been so exacerbated by the pandemic, um, you know, to even more so. So, you know, I would like to see complete criminal justice reform, um, a national database for anyone who is uh, reported for any kind of misconduct and have like a three strikes and you're you're done rule you know with 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 cops that are that are being the offender there are many good cops but there's so many stories that are coming out and it's just horrifying and you've got to get those people out to me that starts with training that should be a two a minimum of two years you need to learn de-escalation you need to learn um, negotiation tactics, things like that. You know, you need to do everything you can to avoid taking someone's life. You know, and then another thing that this was something that I thought was great and it had a lot to do with the disparity between white families and black families as far as income and like what their net worth was. And it's it's so tragic and a lot of that has to do with the fact that black families were kept out of housing opportunities for so long and they still kind of are because there's still certain areas that you it's hard to get a loan or you know you don't make this and red line yeah and so you've got to address those things and one of the things that kamala harris was said she would do if she ever became president that's moot at this point but her program was actually brilliant, and it was a hundred billion dollar fund for black families to access to buy homes and real estate. And that would go a tremendous amount of ways to lessening that wealth gap that we have because of um, racially motivated policies that have existed forever. 
So if you can do those things, you stand to really recreate the country in a very positive way and in ways that will pay dividends for many generations to come. I had a discussion with a friend this week and I didn't realize how ingrained the issues are. I mean, I, I, I wasn't born here. This is Ab, which is short for Abigail. Ab comes to us by way of the UK, the United Kingdom. She is a mom and the breadwinner within her family. Ab brings with her an outside perspective looking in. As you can tell by the conversation she's having, she's not afraid to express herself and she does it without any reservations. And I don't think what I have to say should be dismissed either. I feel that it's generational um, put down of people of color that they have been, they think it's normal to feel the way they do, that, that their achievements are limited. No, they're not. And you know, you have as much right to walk this earth as anybody else. And uh, people need to take pride in themselves again. We need to back companies. We need to unite. And instead of sort of climbing up everybody else's back to get on top, you should be helping each other to grow and to lift up. And I think that, um, to me, I realized after this discussion that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a long process. And I hope it's not going to be too many more generations, to be honest, because I would like to see every citizen treated equally. If you're a citizen, you have the same rights as all other citizens. And that should be the case. This situation is definitely um, made me think more about being involved in local government. This is Mike. Mike is a father, an ex-military man. Mike, by his own words, is an idealist. He's methodical, and he believes in a well-thought-out plan and then execution. That's something I'm, I'm, I'm preaching more of because with my time in the military and all this, like politics and all these types of things are everywhere. If you ever want to get anything done, it requires power. It just does. You know, I wish we lived in a world Kumbaya and everybody, but that's just, any change that's happened has always been some type of, it's a showing of numbers, it's a showing of, it's thing, right? So, um, so even um, like after the Ahmad Arbery, uh, no, I, no, the Castile, I think his name was, uh, two years ago, where he, was shot, he was a legal gun owner and he was shot in his car. A man started uh, the NAAGA, it's like the National African American Gun Association, because he did not feel that the NRA represented black people, like gun owners, whether you are for guns or not, like they didn't represent legal gun owners uh, in America. Uh, so he created an organization and, you know, it's growing. And later on, they're thinking about um, like a political activist group, like NRA. NRA has pushed a lot of policies because they have, they have numbers, they have money, they have resources. That's how they get changed. So uh, that's what I, I definitely hope for myself and others is that we take more interest in the system.
It's very evident that the racial inequality and injustices we experiencing is a real pandemic right now. That's the real pandemic. This is Lala. Lala is a single mom, recently divorced, two kids, breadwinner, prayer warrior, actor, and writer. Her perspective throughout the show has continued to evolve as she has moved from being a bystander to the horrific death of George Floyd to an activist interested in becoming more involved in the political system of the United States of America. Um, I would love to witness a time where the police and communities everywhere can just respect and trust one another again and maybe we could just bridge this huge gap. But most importantly, I would personally like to be a part of an alliance of political leaders, police departments, uh, religious leaders of all um, walks of life and other leaders in, of communities, ethnicities all around the nation come together and just brainstorm ideas to help change policies. Just like um, was mentioned about uh, the guy who researched, whatever part you can play, but everything has to be geared toward um, making racial inequality the number one priority. And I think, um, you know, with those changes and those collaborations, we can help introduce new laws and systems and help change policies that are for everyone. And um, it has to be on top of everyone's agenda. That's the bottom line. Racial inequality has to be on the top of everyone's agenda. And, and this, you know, and it may seem far-fetched, but I don't think it's impossible. All it takes is, you know, one person to start. And I wish it could be our president, but, you know, it could happen. And I, I have hope. I, I would like to see equality across the board um, for everyone. This is Rob. You may remember Rob from part one of Change, the death of George Floyd. He was very intense and straightforward in his discussion of the death of George Floyd and the Ahmaud Arbery cover-up. He's highly intelligent and straightforward. He is a husband, father, Christian, actor, and writer, and also a native of Georgia. You know, I believe the foundation of this country, you know, if you look at the Constitution is, you know, for the most part built on, uh, equal, built on equality, built on freedom, you know, built on, um, you know, basic human rights. You know, when, when everybody doesn't get that, you know, it's, it's, it's more than a shame. So I would like to see that happen. I would love to see uh, uh, accountability in our um, in our judicial system and our law enforcement. That to me is is probably the biggest catalyst for change. Because when you got people that are held accountable for their actions, you know their actions will change. If I'm not worried about corrected, chastised, um, if I'm not worried about losing. Um, financial. If I'm not worried about losing my job, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, do whatever I want to do. You know, the inmates are gonna run to jail, so you know, things have to. There has to be some type of accountability for everybody, whether it's law enforcement or whether it's, um, you know, Fortune 500 companies who discriminate against people because of their, uh, because of their race or uh, religious background or whatever the case may be. You know, you walk in for. Uh, walk into work and say, hey, I fired you because you're black, you know, or I, or I don't like you because of your hijab. No, it's, you know, there's, there's backdoor ways that a lot of these businesses can go to, you know, get rid of people that they just don't like or want around. So I believe, I, I just would like to see everybody treated fairly. I have my own set of beliefs, just like, you know, I'm sure everyone here has their set of beliefs, and I don't want to be discriminated against for them. Like, I, I'm, I'm here to to listen to everybody's perspective 
and uh, I can have a conversation with someone with different opinion as or a different, um, you know, background or belief system that I have and shake hands and be done with it at the end of the day. And I think that's what America represents to me. I feel we are no different in our hearts. This is Kelly. Kelly is a loving wife and loving mom. She's a healer. She comes from a long line of healers and she has her own practice as a life coach. Throughout our discussions, her approach has always been from a place of love and respect and how we can all come together. Each of us, we are striving for the same love. Everyone deserves equal opportunities in life and equal opportunity to be loved. It's, um, it's so important to understand that because I think it's the foundation for faith and moving forward to respecting. I like what Rob said about respecting and he said earlier, if this happens to one of us, it happens to every one of us. And we have to adopt that mindset moving forward that this is something we all have to um, work on and continue to work on. So I really believe that, yeah, let's, let's keep working to give everyone the grace to be loved equally. And with that, I would like to thank the listening audience. I would especially like to thank the panelists for playing such a vital role in the success of this show, Change, The Death of George Floyd. Because without you, this could not be possible. Your time, your patience, your insights, your words, all priceless and all needed as we begin this new journey of change. A new journey where we hope we will all receive equality for all. This is Phoenix. Thank you and be blessed.